Well, without further ado, I think probably, let's see, 19, I'm going to say 1997 was the first time I met this man. It was in Maui, and uh, it would come every year carrying the word of the Lord, powerfully used. Uh, our friendship has grown over the years, and he's been a regular guest here. God has used him profoundly in this house in Alaska. Would you please put your hands together for Ivan Tate? All right. Praise the Lord. Go to Hebrews if you would. We'll get over there in just a moment. And uh, let me mention, um, we've sold out of everything except for, we have four letters from God left. And if you don't have one and have not read your birthday, uh, raise your hand if you haven't done that. Okay, ushers, can you get those four books and this one? Um, and then pass them around to these folks and let them read their birthdays. And also we have, I think, five or six of the woman defined, which is four women who want to get free from everybody. That's what that's about. And insecurities thrown in. <laughs> and then we have one of these left, worship CDs number one worship CD in the world right now, Sea of Glass. And uh, so praise the Lord. How, who's visiting for the first time? You're visiting for the first time? Okay, let's give you this woman defined. You will read it, right? Oh, okay. And visiting for the first time? I'll give you the worship CD here, brother. God bless. All right. All right. And then on those books that you're reading, I'm not giving them to you. So you're going to read them. Not, not those, just the letters ones. Yeah, thank you. Okay, fantastic. Are you ready? Man, we had church this morning. Wasn't it great? So many people came forward and all that. was beautiful. So tonight, we're going to keep going on this journey we're on. When you got saved, God attached a purpose to your life, a divine purpose. That purpose by itself carries these powers in it that don't allow you to ever be happy again outside of the will of God. You actually are, are doomed to misery unless you actually do the will of God for your life. And it's, it's really... It's really important to learn what we're learning over the next two nights because you don't want to be miserable. You want to be happy. And you're already miserable enough, so we really need the blessing of God in every area of our lives. Praise the Lord. So, Lord, bless the word tonight and glorify your name. Praise God. Would you lay your hands on somebody near you, just bam, and say... You did lose those 20 pounds. Praise God. They are gone. They are gone. Tell them they are gone. Oh, my gosh. That 20 pounds of fear right off you. 20 pounds of doubt came right off. 20 pounds of unbelief gone. 20 pounds of worry. Mm.
So we learned this morning, for those of you that were not here, we learned this morning that God attaches a purpose to your life when you get saved. That purpose then has with it processes that you must submit to in order to reach your destination. So if you, if you know the purpose, you can endure the process and reach the destination. It's really hard to endure something if you don't know where it is you're going. Tomorrow night when we're here, we're going to release and lay hands on every single person so that gifts will be released in your life and out of your life. Gifts that are there to assist you in your journey and in your ministry and in the calling of God in your life because you really can't do it on your own. You need supernatural help and assistance from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So, as I said this morning, you are, your past does not determine your future. Will you say that to about three people? We also said that the worst, the worst person in the world in the hands of God ends up with the greatest ministry in the world. Because he that is forgiven much loveth much. And so anytime God heals an area of your life, he leaves in that area his virtue. And virtue is the invisible power of God to heal something. And so when God's virtue is in your life deposited there by a divine encounter that you have with God, that virtue is in your life and it flows out of your life for the rest of your life. Because we were talking about this morning the danger of self-pity. Self-pity is the highest form of emotional perversion because there's no gratification to it. It's also a form of insanity because you can't ever get anything out of it no matter how hard you try feeling sorry for yourself. Praise the Lord. So would you shake somebody's hand and say, no more self-pity for you. Give somebody a high five and say, no more self-pity for you. All right. So if you weren't here this morning, the best way is to get that that's, uh, CD, uh, either service, to get the CD on divine purpose, how God attaches and all the things that go with that and everything we talked about. Praise the Lord. You are just as good as anybody else. You have just as great of a ministry coming as anybody else. You have just as much potential as anyone else. There's no one in the earth greater than you. Because it is not about you. It is about Jesus Christ inside you. That's why there's no favorites. Everybody is God's favorite. And that's why there are no celebrities in Christianity. The greatest men and women of God that are true men and women of God, all they do is wash feet, and they are grateful that they get to do it. They do not carry themselves as somebody that is better than another person. They don't have those attitudes. Men and women of God don't have those attitudes. Those are the attitudes of egotistical people, vain people, arrogant people, conceited people. 
people with agendas, people with their own private kingdoms. But in the kingdom of God, and men and women of God are humble and broken people. They consider it uh, a, an, an honor to serve the homeless and to serve prostitutes and politicians. They consider it an honor to be able to help, to help people and to minister to people of any background, no matter what the background is. They, they don't look down on anybody. There's no looking down. There's no looking down in Christianity. We don't, we don't judge people for their sins. We judge the sin by not participating in the sin, but we love the person and celebrate their dignity and their value as human beings. That's the starting point. It's not the ending point, but it's the starting point. You can't evangelize. You can't change a life if that life is not precious to you. If you don't cherish that life, you cannot heal that life. It is the idea that you give a person who is a prostitute or who is a politician or somebody like that, that you give them value, you give them dignity. And that doesn't happen naturally. You can't just do that to everybody because there are some people who you're just going to naturally dislike. Your personality will just not like anything about them. You'll want something bad to happen to those people. That's going to be your natural tendency. Somebody needs to run over them or shoot them or kidnap them or do something because they are just really not nice people. But it's this process we're talking about tonight, the process. Remember, when you know the purpose, you can endure the process and eventually reach the destinations, which is God making you a lethal weapon in his hand for good. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So look at somebody and say, you're special whether you believe it or not. You're an original. There's nobody like you. You are unique. There's no one in the world like you. You're the only one with those fingerprints on your hands. No one else. Not your brother, not your dad, not your mom, not your sister, not your uncle. Not anybody on planet Earth has those fingerprints. You are the only original. You are the one and only because God wants you to know that you are not just a piece of something. You are unique, individually precious to God and individually special to God and that who you have been, what you have done, what has been done to you cannot and does not need to affect your future. You can be a world changer, man or woman, male or female. God respects men and women equally. Men and women are equally respected whether you like it or not. Whether you think it's true or not, it is true. Glory to God. God loves women just as much. There's no slavery in Christianity. You've got to unleash the women and let them do what God called them to do. That's what I say. That's what I preach. I don't care if anybody likes it or not. i got four daughters. They're all preachers, so praise God. Remember that man's job is to control you. God's job is to set you free while he controls you all the areas of your life with his love and his Holy Spirit. Praise God. You cannot be minimalized or trivialized. 
God does not trivialize you. He does not minimize you. He does not say, oh, because you're this color or because you were born here or because you've been in prison or because you were a prostitute or because you're a, a politician or you're a lawyer or you're some other thing or because you've committed these uh, sins or these things. Now you're worthless. You, you're not of any value to anybody. You just have to sit, sit out the war. You have to sit out the battle. None of that is true with God. God can heal anybody, he can deliver anybody, he can save anybody, he can use anybody, he can bless anybody, he can give anybody value, he can give anybody dignity, he does not look down on any single person no matter where they are in their life and in their relationship, he wants to bless you and in order for that to happen you have got to go through the process, praise the Lord, so he gave you the example this morning when you don't understand your purpose, you view all circumstances, negative circumstances, negatively. A person offends you, you want to get, you want to get even with them. You want to scream at them or yell at them. But when you understand that when God is ready to change you, he sends somebody to offend you. And once you know that, you go, okay, praise the Lord, I'm ready to embrace this. Hallelujah. Then you stop having problems in your marriage. You just don't have any anymore because you understand. My husband is here to get the devil out of me. Praise God. My wife is here to get the devil out of me. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. She's so anointed. <laughs> She's just perfect. He's perfect for this, Lord. I'm going to be like Jesus like in two days. And that only changes when two people are Christ-like. But as long as you're devil-like, that will never change. As long as you have satanic partnerships in your life, then the people in your life will be there to provoke the darkness out of you. Praise the Lord. And if you understand that, then the process takes place, and then you can be transformed into the image of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five and say, there is hope for you. Tell them, no matter what you've been through, there is hope for you. Tell them, God is not done with you yet. Praise the Lord. Tell them, God is not done with you yet. So in this process that we're going through, many things need to take place. Many things need to take place. Let's read Hebrews 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, having offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and having been heard of his uh, uh, heard for his godly fear, though he was a son, yet learned obedience by the things which he suffered, are the processes that he went through. Praise God. So here you are, you're trying to be a good husband. There's a process for that. You're not just going to be naturally a good husband. You're trying to be a great wife. It's not going to be natural unless you're married to a saint that basically never is bothered by anything you do. Some people have that. And, of course, those people hardly ever change. They just stay the way they are. I'm not married to one of those people. I'm married to a woman that has very high standards. And so she has never just let me be. There's no such thing in our family. We have six children. There's no just be. No, there's right and there's wrong. She's, 100, she's, she's, she's German, and so she really works hard 
And that's, it's in her genetic pool to get up and work until she falls over. That's her genetic pool. Boom, work. Fall over. Next day, work. Fall over. And you can't watch. You're not, like, you don't watch. You don't watch. You get up. Fall over. That's the process. That's the process for me. That's the process. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Give somebody a high five and say, Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank God for your say, Honey, I'm so glad you're my wife. You're just as lazy as I am. Praise God. Oh, God, I love it so much. We're made for each other. <laughs> so remember, in, in, in most marriages, for example, you have a perfectionist and a procrastinator. Opposites. And so, as you know, when you have that, that's the formula for insanity. That's the formula for insanity because the procrastinator, generally the man, the procrastinator promises everything and never does anything, which drives the perfectionist crazy. The perfectionist is not happy with anything that's ever done, which drives the procrastinator crazy whenever he does do something. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, oh, Father. We're talking about process. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are transformed from glory to glory into His image. You're not going to become great at something unless you're able to go through the process that will create that greatness in you. The Holy Spirit can only work with people who are willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be led, and when the Holy Spirit leads you, He will begin to take you through these processes in your life, and each process for each area of your life will produce a Christ-like image. That Christ-like image draws the lost to get saved, heals those that are sick, delivers those that are bound, and blesses those that are brokenhearted, praise God, and makes you a walking hospital and a literally a factory of medicine for people all around you. Because it, you, it costs you something to get the medicine that's inside you. It costs you something to get the answers you have, the wisdom you have, the solutions you have. You just didn't borrow it from a book. It came from the processes that you were able to embrace. If you are overweight, for example, and you say, oh, Father, I'm overweight. There's a process to getting skinny. So you say, oh, Father, I've got to go through the process. Praise God, praise God, I've got to lose 150 pounds. And in order to lose the 150 pounds, there's going to be a process to that. You're not just going to be able to keep doing what you're doing. You're going to, have to put on a, a, a workout suit. Step number one, you get the workout suit on. And, and then you don't go out in public at first. You don't go out in public. You wait till everybody's sleeping. And that's when you go out. That's when you walk. That's when you run. You know, and you're, you know, at midnight or whenever it's dark, you're just... Whoo, whoo. You don't want anybody to see you. But after a month, you've lost 10 pounds, and two months, 20 pounds, and three months, 40 pounds, and five months, 60 pounds. And now you're running faster. Well, you're 70 or 80 pounds lighter. All of a sudden, you want to come out in the day. So you just come out in the day. Brand new suit. You're, hum, 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 hey, hum, hey, hey. I mean, you're moving. You know, pretty soon you're 150 pounds lighter, and you're the, hum, running down, running down, because you're, 
skinny. You just now everywhere you go, you're in the workout thing. Everywhere during the day, you go grocery shopping. How's it going? Praise God. You feel you put your hand in the holes in your face. But unless you did it with drugs, you know that there was a process to that. What was that? The process is one of the greatest things you can ever learn. You got to hear this because you're going to have to know this and you're going to have to do that. And that process, the way God explained it to me, is you have to embrace the pain of change. That is the process. There's pain and you have got to embrace that pain. It is painful to run down the block. <laughs> It's very painful when you first start, and then you fall down. How far did you go? Half a block, half a block, but I did it, praise God. And it was painful. It hurt your body to do it. You were in pain to do it, you know, and then you go maybe another block, and, you know, it takes you a year to go like four blocks, but, but you're not going to quit because you're embracing the pain. Everything hurts. You get lay in bed, ah, cool, ah, whatever it may be. But, and it's the same way in a relationship. If you're going to make that relationship un-Satan-proof, Satan-proof, you're going to make that relationship Satan-proof, you have to embrace the pain of doing all these things that you don't want to do in that relationship, like almost everything, because you're going to be totally opposite than that person, and she's going to, she's going to touch on your selfishness every day, and you're going to touch on hers and you're going to have to say, oh, man, I really wanted to watch this game today. Mm, praise God. Oh, my God. But they don't want to watch this game. They want to watch this chick flick. Ah. Oh. And, and they say, well, what are you watching? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I want to watch the chick flick. <laughs> you do? You want to watch the chick flick? Yeah, I want to watch it. I heard you all talking. I want to watch the chick flick. watch the chick flick. Oh, we're going to go shopping because I heard you wanted to go shopping for like four hours. We're going to go just window shopping. You're not going to buy anything. We're just going to go window shopping like for four hours. That's what I'm going to do and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy walking with you, talking, holding your hand. I'll go through the store with you. I'll look at the clothes. I won't sit out there with the old guys and sit out on the thing just waiting for three hours in the mall while everybody passes by just looking all lonely and alone. Not me. I'm going to be in there involved, dying, being crucified, killing myself, going through the process. I'm, I'm big. Why? Because there's a pro Why? Because there's a process. What process? Well, I'm learning something. Hear me, hear me. I'm learning something. I'm learning to polish my, my wife's pearls. I'm learning to polish something that is precious to her, that is hideous to me. It is precious to her, but hideous to me. So I embrace the pain of that hideousness, which is a pearl to her. I don't stomp on her pearl. I don't step on her pearl. I don't accuse her pearl. I don't say, why do you go window shopping for hours? Such a waste of time. What are you doing? You're not even buying anything. You, that's not the way you do it. You find out what you need, where it's located. You just go right there, buy it, and then you leave real fast. Get out of that place. But you don't say that. Because you're in a process 
of loving and cherishing that person. And it requires crucifixions. You must walk up the cross and nail yourself to it. You nail yourself to it. And if you don't do what I'm talking about, then you just remain a selfish, self-serving, contentious, strifeful person that nobody likes and nobody can get along with. That's why you don't let your children have fights over which restaurant they eat at. You never allow that spirit to get on them, that ingratitude. What, what, are you, what did you just say about the food? You don't want to what? You don't want to eat at that restaurant? So you don't want to eat. Because that's where we're going. And if you have a bad attitude, then something's going to happen. We're going to have a deal go on right here. A confrontation between daddy and you. Because you have to teach them the processes. Life is processes. You becoming, you becoming a great piano player. That's your calling. Well, you're not just going to do it. You have to embrace the pain of change called practice. Practicing for hours. And if you don't have a heart for greatness, then you'll never embrace the process. And you'll always live insignificantly and invisibly. You will change nothing. You will accomplish nothing. And you will never be a blessing to anyone because you will be addicted to selfish self-gratification. The murderer of your destiny. Praise God. Give somebody a high five and say, I like it when he talks to you like that. Jesus learned obedience. He learned it. Think about it. He spent 30 years being invisible. Invisible. He could have at any time done a lot of miracles. It wasn't like the switch just came on at 30 years old. He could have done it because at 12 years old, he was already wiser than everybody. He could have done miracles of any kind. But he didn't do it. That means he watched people die that he could have resurrected. He watched people be sick that he could have healed. Friends of his suffer that he could have relieved their suffering. But because it wasn't the timing, he withheld himself in obedience. And that was a, that was a suffering. Because when you love a person and they're ill, you want to get rid of that for them. And he was restrained by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Your life is too valuable. Your life is too valuable to be insignificant. The price has been paid, and it's so high that God will not accept you being unhappy, tortured, or miserable. Praise God. Would you put your arms around the person next to you and say, I'm not asking for a lot, just pay my house off. Praise the Lord. <laughs>
You've heard the scripture, many are, are, are called, but few are chosen, because the process changes who is chosen. All of you have a calling, but not all of you will be chosen for something divine because you refuse to go through the process to become what God needs you to become. So uh, Moses, for example, think about him for a little bit. 30 years in Egypt, he learned everything there is to learn from the world, had it all, gave it up, and went and spent 30 years out in the fields with sheep, learning to be content with nothing. And then the next 30 years, he had a staff that parted the Jordan, the Red Sea, and all kinds of miracles. He went through the process. The Israelites came out of Egypt. God said, I need to get you out of Egypt, which is a type of the world. I need to break Pharaoh's power over you, which is a type of the devil. I need to get you out of Egypt, and then I need to get Egypt out of you. That was supposed to happen in the wilderness, but they refused to learn, and so they all died out in the wilderness, and their bones bleached out there because they never learned their lessons while they were in the wilderness because God said, I got you out of Egypt, but I now need to get Egypt out of you because the world has gotten on the inside of you, and I cannot, I cannot trust you because you have too much partnership with your vices. So what I have to do is I have to get the vices out of you so that I am inside you able to partner with myself. I'm not looking to partner with you. I'm looking to partner with myself in you because the only person I can trust in the universe is myself. But if you have these vices, they don't allow me to be there. So when you get rid of the vices, Jesus takes over. And then he says, there I am, and I can trust myself inside you. The process. Never let anybody make you feel like you're untalented or ungifted. Sitting in this room, there are some amazing people who are going to change the world. Some of those are your children. They can be normal or they can change the world. You have to decide. Like when I'm raised, we were raising our children, we said, look, we don't, we're not going to drink any liquor ever at any time because I come from an alcoholic family. And so does my wife. And so we told our children, we're not going to judge anybody when, what, with what they do. That's their personal business. But for our family, we just can't do it. We cannot open that door to the curses that that has been to our family. It has destroyed our families on both sides. And we cannot open that door ever. So none of my children do that. Because of that, they wouldn't consider doing it. Some people can do it. It doesn't bother them. doesn't affect them. But as you know, for some of you, just smelling liquor, you get drunk. <laughs> it activates all the alcohol in your system. Just smelling it. You get the high of being, being you know, being high. You know, oh. So I've lost friends literally overnight. One, one day they're alive, the next day they're dead. Just that quick. Because they, 
they got in a, a wreck and died because they got mad at somebody. There's a process to what God wants to do with you. He is going to bless you with what you don't have that you must have. He's going to give you that. It starts tomorrow. We're going to release that in your life. Why were you born? And then how do you get there? That's what we're on tonight. How do you get there? Does anybody feel like you need to change in any way? How many of you already changed all you need? And... If, if you don't change in certain areas, it will cost you your life. If you don't change in, in areas of health, it will cost you your life. Some of you are going to kill yourselves with food. You're literally going to murder yourself. Because your body cannot handle certain food. Where other people, they can eat five pounds of chocolate and lose two pounds. They have the gift. You smell chocolate and five pounds just shoots out of your right cheek. You just look at it. Your genetic makeup is different. You have to listen to your body, and your body is the best preacher you will ever have for your personal health. If you're swelling, you've got to change something. If you're, go if you're going numb, you've got to change something. If you have high blood pressure, you've got to change something. If you have digestion problems, you've got to change something. If you can't sleep at night, you've got to change something. See what I'm saying? Here's, here we are, embracing the pain of change. Some of you are going to say, I ain't going to do it. I like my goodies. I like my Twinkies. I like my Cinnabons. And that's it. Sorry. I'll just do the best I can for the few years that I have. I want to die with a Cinnabon in my mouth. <laughs> See what I'm saying? When you talk about process, you're not talking about something easy. You're so talking about something that's not easy, but something that is absolutely necessary for you to become what God intended for you to be and for you to live the life that God wants you to live. Amen. Would you hug two people next to you right now and say, I don't know why you came, but I think you came to give me $25 right now. Praise the Lord. You came to give me $25 right now. So, who do you think God wants you to be? Do you think God wants you to be someone that goes through an entire year and never leads anybody to Jesus? Or do you think that it's possible that God could make you so full of Him that it would be easy to lead people to the Lord every day? Amen. What I tell people is don't ask God to send you murderers and, and uh, you know, people that eat people, but <laughs> ask Him to send you the easy folks. There's thousands of them. Say, Lord, send me the ones that I just say, Jesus, they fall on the ground and say, hey, I want to get saved. Ask him for those. You can fill a whole church with just those. Start with the easy ones, the minnows. Don't start with the sharks. But you are headed for the sharks. 
If you just knew what was waiting for you, this would not even be a battle. You would just do it. I hope I can paint that picture tonight, tomorrow because where you're headed is so amazing and so beautiful that no one is going to want to stay where they're at. Praise God. Your children should all be great. How many of you have children? How many of you love your children? You love your children with all your heart. And you don't want your children to go through the things you went through. But if you are an orphan father, you yourself are an orphan father, it's very easy to raise orphan children. Because you've never been fathered, so you don't know how to father. God has to teach you that through a process. So when you come to Christianity, just remember, you're coming not just to celebrate what you have been given for free, but to take those things and turn them into substance in your life. Praise God. Give someone a high five and say, I don't know what you did to your hair, but that's amazing. I don't know what you did with your hair, but that is amazing. How did you do that? So let's look at some of the processes that you're going to have to embrace. Mark 1.35, Jesus went to a solitary place and there he prayed. We know that it was his habit to go and pray for up to nine hours at a time. This was a process. He told the disciples, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. Process. He went into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, Luke 4, 14, and came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So much power that when he laid hands on the sick, they all got healed, they got resurrected, they got delivered, and all kinds of miracles broke out, and people were just coming from everywhere because blind eyes were open, dead people were being raised from the dead. Because he went through the process to release the power. He went into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, came out. And it said when he came out, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Process. Praise God. So if you don't have a prayer and a worship process, then none of this is going to work. It's part of the process. Intercessions and prayers and worship. All of that is a process. For example, if you're up here and you're singing and you're, you're doing things, dancing, flipping around, doing whatever, and you're still as mean when it's over as you were when you started, then you're just a drug addict that just switched drugs. Because you're not worshiping God, you're using God as your next high. You're interested in the high. You're not interested in the power of intimacy with God that changes you. If you really are worshiping, that worship produces a change where Satan is occupying an area of your life. That worship breaks that, and when you're done for, with those three hours of dancing, running, jumping, shouting, and screaming, you just didn't get high, you got delivered. You got healed. That's how you know you worship, because real worship is not singing songs. Real worship is obeying when you don't want to. So every time you push away the, the sugar... That's a form of worship. You see? Process. It's a form of worship. Every time you don't cuss each other out. And the words are right there in your mouth. They're right there. And you say, no, I'm not going to say that. 
because God wouldn't want me to worship. Every time you forgive a person that you actually want to shoot, <laughs> worship. Every time you give money to somebody that's trying to steal it from you, worship. Ooh, I didn't get an amen at all on that one. People said, what are you talking about? That's heresy. I'll kill them they try to steal from them. See what I'm saying? We're so natural-minded that it's impossible for God to do sometimes what he wants to do because we're so hooked into the ways of the world. God has to change all that so you and I can become what he wants us to be. Praise God. You have to forgive people. They don't deserve it, but you have to do it. A lady stood up in one of our meetings screaming and yelling, and I brought her up. And she said, I hate my father because he molested me since I was a little girl all the way to whatever. And she just kept screaming that. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. And I asked her, I said, well, where is he? And she said, well, he's dead. How long has he been dead? 30 years. So she hated a man that was dead 30 years just as if he was alive right then. And she was a slave to a dead man. Anybody that has the power to make you hate them is your God. Because they control how you feel, how you think, and what you do. Process. You've got to go through the process. What does this all produce? Freedom. It produces freedom. It causes us to be free from the chains that other people want to put on us. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and shake their hand and say, Ooh, you didn't like that one, did you? <laughs> did he really say we have to forgive everybody? Yeah. So that's part of the process. Pruning is part of the process. Some of you may not like being pruned, but remember, God only prunes what's dead and worthless. So he's going to approach you and say, hey, why are you doing this with your time? It's worthless. It's costing you your destiny. He'll say, I need to cut it off. And if you embrace it, then you're going to head towards your destination and become the weapon that he called you to be. Praise the Lord. Do you know why they never got to the promised land? Because they never would learn their lesson. He came to him and he said, listen, I need to you to stop gossiping and complaining. They wouldn't do it. So they just kept going around in circles. You're going to be great. You're not going to be average. Your business is going to be great. It's not going to be average. Tell somebody your business is going to be great. Tell them whatever you do for a living, God's going to bless it. Tell the person behind you, if you don't have a job, God's going to get you a job you don't deserve. He's going to pay you a salary you shouldn't be getting. He's going to bless you in ways that you shouldn't be blessed because you are embracing the process that is making you the woman of God, that you're supposed to be a mighty woman, a writer, an author, a musician. A, a deliverer, a preacher, a declarer, whatever it is God called you to do, a businesswoman, 
Whatever it is God called you to do, you're going to do it. You're going to be an amazing mother. You're going to be an amazing woman of God because that is what God has called you to do. And if you submit to the process of not allowing your family to dictate your emotions and you say to them, listen, I am done with you guys running my emotional life. You will not do it anymore. I'm tired of it. I, I don't have any peace. I don't have any joy. I'm never happy because you people are alive and I can't kill you. So I got to kill something on the inside of me. The thing you have power to control has got to die. I I'm taking my life back. I'm taking my emotions back. And I'm going to be free. Glory to God. I'm going to keep my joy all day. You cuss me out all you want. It's not going to affect me anymore. you got to declare war on all those things. Process is submitting to the revelation that God gives you when he gives it to you. How many have ever had anybody tell you anything that was true about yourself? And, and you didn't want to hear it because you didn't like them. You said, what, 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 are you, what, what are you doing telling me something? What are you doing talking to me? Why are you talking to me? Don't, don't, don't talk to me. You're worse than I am. Because some people think that their anointing is to make everybody perfect. And they have the exact same problem. If you can't receive from a donkey, you'll never truly change. And let me tell you why. God hides some of the miracles you need behind the donkeys you will not listen to. You're looking for that answer and he put it behind that arrogant person that you don't want to listen to. He put it behind your enemy. Your enemy carries your answer because God said, in order for you to get this answer, you've got to go to that place. Because God will ask you to go where you are afraid to go in order to truly free you from all your fears. I got saved at 17. And within about three months, I was asked to share with a few people what God was doing. I hadn't been in church yet. So I didn't know you couldn't cuss or do things like that. So I was still cussing and doing everything. But I mean, you know, I didn't know. And um, so I go to this, this place that there's only supposed to be maybe five people. They end up putting it on TV, on the radio, and there was over 3,000 people. Because I, I, I was a pretty good athlete in my town and all that. And so they knew me pretty well. And so 3,000 people show up, plus the TV and the radio and all that kind of stuff. And I was very shy and introverted. and I couldn't get in front of people. I always would get sick to my stomach at the thought of it. So I used to run away during those days of school. I would never give a speech in front of the class. I never did. My mom wrote him a note at the beginning of the year. Don't ask him to say anything. He will run away. <laughs> and spankings do not help. But you see, Satan was building a stronghold in me so I wouldn't be here today talking to you. And here, here I go. Five people, this was a big, brave thing for me to do. Five people. I go there and I go around the back because I think I'm in the wrong building. And I ask the janitor, I'm looking for a little room with five people. He said, no, I know who you are. They're all here for you. And I got sick right on, sick to my stomach right when he said it. Like the words were coming out and I, I went into that fear. And I just locked up. And I went and hid in the bathroom. 
And the preacher came in there. Where are you? I said, you lied to me. What do you mean? You said there's a few people. There's thousands of people. He said, yeah, they're all here you know, to hear you. I said, I can't do that. I'm sick to my stomach. And I'm being nice right now in what I'm telling you. I, was, I had a problem with. I'm being nice to you right now. And I said, you're a liar, you son of a blanket. I mean, I just cussed out the preacher, you piece of... I mean, I just... You know, because I hadn't been to church yet, so have a little grace on me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Uh, I see some of you. Don't judge me. Tell your neighbor, don't judge me. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. But you lied to me, you son of a blanket. He said, stop cussing at me. I said, what do you mean stop cussing at you? That's how I talk. He said, you can't say that in front of those people. He said, I might say it. He was so scared. And I was sitting up there just shaking because the guy playing the piano was dressed in a white suit with black hair with a curl, and he sang just like Elvis. He sang just like Elvis. I was freaking out. How can I compete with Elvis? You know, I just can't do it. So he says my name, and it was all a blank, and I walked up there. You know how you walk when you have that problem? You just... Because you don't want to get sick right there. And I'm just paralyzed. And I, all these people, TVs, I've never been in front of people. I don't know how to talk to people. I just screamed out, Jesus. And I did it three times, and they yelled back every time. They thought I actually knew what I was doing, and I was faking it. I was, Jesus. And they, Jesus. I mean, I would have gone all night because that's all I had. I mean, I didn't have anything else. I mean, nothing else, man. I was, I mean, I'm, I'm sick. I'm serious. I'm holding everything. The, the third time I yelled it out, I felt like a little needle. It's the only way I know how to describe it. It's like a ne little needle here. It just went whoop like that, just like a electricity or something. It wasn't even electricity. It was thinner than that, just and all of a sudden, I wasn't afraid. And I just talked for an hour and a half. I don't remember a thing I said. <laughs> Nothing. I'm 17 years old. I don't remember a thing I said. I just told all the people, if any of you want the address to the tree where I prayed, come on up here. 700 people came up. And the preacher took over at that point. He got their names, and I don't know what he did, but, but I've never stopped preaching since. 44 years, because God has a process to make you something amazing. You, whoever you are, whatever you've been through. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you've been through. You're the one. Would you tell that to the person next to you? Say, you're the one. Come on, tell, tell a few people you're the one. You're the one God is picking on. You're the one God is picking on. He's going to bless you tonight. The process includes mendings and healings. You're going to have to let God heal you of the things that have happened to you in your life. 
I'm in my office and a, a lady comes in that was part of the, my church at that time. And she came in and she was married to one of the deacon guys. And I, I said, why are you in here? I don't want you to be in here. Go away. I don't want you having problems. Go away. I got enough regulars. Go away. She said, no, I got to talk to you. I said, no. No. I don't want you to have a problem. Go away. She sat down and then she describes all that had happened to her from her father, who was a preacher, and all the terrible things he had done. And I really can't say it because there's children in here. But it was the worst thing you can imagine, filming and everything from, his, from her father, who was a pastor. I said, why are you still a Christian? Why do you still believe in God? Because most people would have shot him and not believed there even is, is a God. She was completely whole and totally mended. She said, I didn't come in for that. I said, well, now I need healing. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, you got to pray for me, man. I'm having a hard time with your father. I'm really wanting to kill him right now and shoot him in the head. I mean, I almost started cussing again. But I got delivered from cussing. At 18, at a Catherine Kuhlman meeting, I just I went in, I saw the miracles, and I couldn't do it anymore. But it does go through my head sometimes, and and you know murdering people and things. But but it passes. It all passes. I have all these orphans, a hundred and something orphans, and they come in with these terrible stories. We have to have to take some of them for reconstructive surgery at four years old. Reconstructive surgery at four years old. Four years. And you can feel the murder trying to attach itself to you. And God told me one day, he says, if you pick up the offense, you will curse these children. Because they'll sense that you're not free from it. And they need to know there's another world for them other than the one they just came from. So I don't get bothered by it anymore. I made my mind at that point. No other person's imperfection is going to ever touch me and manipulate me again. Praise God. It's the process. Then you live free. You're not a slave to everybody. And I'm not going to be anybody's slave. Would you look at the next person and say, that's worth $100. Give it to me right now. Praise God. <laughs> Shake somebody's hand and say, what do you think I came here just to hear a sermon? I need money. I need something worthwhile out of this. I got to buy food. I got children. I got to process what are you unwilling to go through that God has to put you through to make you who you want to be because it's just not going to happen I'm being honest with you you have to do the process whether it's husband wife what you have a calling on your life you have a ministry on your life and that ministry is going to require you to be Christ-like because you can't be like the devil and do it you have to be like Jesus and he's got to take you through a process of, there's wrestlings like Jacob. He wrestled. And you're wrestling with yourself. But you will win. God will win if you refuse to let go. Amen. Praise God. Praise. Are you ready to change your health? Then you've got to go through a process of eating food you don't like. Well. There, see, no shouts, nothing. 
Yeah, you just can't keep eating sugar. It's going to kill you. You're going to get sugar diabetes. You're going to go into a coma. Very few people can eat anything they want and just go on. Some people can. God bless you. I wish I had that gift. I want that gift. I don't have that gift. I eat sugar. I feel like going to sleep. So I don't do it. Every process produces a destination. It, your marriage is the same thing. If you're just going to keep living in your marriage the same way, yelling at each other, screaming at each other, watching TV all day, no presence of God, no prayer together, no Bible in your life, no, no supernatural power, nothing activated, no cult, no, not changing your culture. Because some of you were raised in a culture of alcoholism. And you're used to just sitting and watching TV because that's what your alcoholic father or mother did. I was raised with, with an alcoholic. That's all they do. They just stay in a chair and eat and watch TV and drink. And you get those habits on you. And even though you're a saved person, that's all you want to do because you have the curse on you of an alcoholic. And it has to be broken. The process delivers you from it. Praise God. Are you here? Would you look at somebody right now and say, God's about to do something big in your life right now. The process includes encounters with God. You've got to have an encounter with God because your encounters with God create your transformations. If you don't have an encounter with God, you never change. And that comes by getting on your face and fasting and praying and just staying there. And the encounters begin to manifest. All of a sudden, you start seeing God, talking with God. He starts fellowshipping with you. And He changes you from the inside out. And then this miracle happens. Your DNA changes. Raise your hand and say, I, I refuse the DNA of my forefathers. I want the DNA of Jesus in my life. And on my children, in the name of Jesus. Some of you will wrestle your whole life because you're wrestling against the things you want to do. Think about how you can be miserable. This is how you're miserable. By doing everything, by not being able to do the things you want to do. And if all your Christianity is about saying no, you're not going to be happy. You've got to be able to be free from that and simply say, listen, I spent time with God and I don't want that anymore. It's not even a battle because now your DNA changed. You're a different creature. Now your taste buds are different. You don't want what you used to want because God changed you in that divine encounter with him. And now the drugs you used to want and, and lust after, you don't even care for them or want them because your entire DNA is different now. And now holiness has taken place instead of morality. You can change your mind with morality but holiness is a change of who you are in your very nature and there's no wrestling when you are DNA changed instead of just intellectually changed praise God would you shake somebody's hand right now and say your dentures are amazing they're the most amazing part of your face right now they are so straight and so clean and so beautiful. Can I borrow them?
you know the purpose, you can endure the process, reach the destination. Praise God. One of the processes you've got to perfect is repenting. Turn to somebody and say, I'm sorry for whatever I'm going to do when this is over. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Say, I repent right now for whatever I'm going to do when this is over. Praise the Lord. How many have ever had a problem and you just couldn't get rid of it? And you wanted to get rid of it, but you just couldn't do it. When I was first married, I mean, I would repent to my wife before she got up. I said, before you get up, I repent for whatever I'm going to do today that's going to make you cry. Because I know I'm going to do it. You just get into, but you've got to develop that, that process of repenting. You do something wrong, you say, I'm so sorry I said that. I will never say that again. By the grace of God, I will never do that again. You repent quickly, and you mean it. Because the worst thing there is is a person that says, I'm sorry, and never changes. And you know, women don't care about that anymore. My wife doesn't want me to say I'm sorry. She says, don't talk to me. Just change. I don't want a conversation. I just want change. Some people, you know, they want to apologize all day and then just do it again. It's not the way it works. The best way to say I love you is to change. Change is the only acceptable apology. That's the only acceptable apology. Just change. Praise the Lord. I think that's important. So... If you refuse the process of the Holy Spirit, you chain yourself to the curses of your past. If you refuse the cure, you inherit the disease and pass it on to your children. Everybody say, I don't want none of that stuff. I want to submit to the process of the Holy Spirit. Because in the Bible, you have people like Samson, who refused to do it. Solomon, who refused to do it. Judas, who refused to do it. The children of Israel, who refused to do it. Then you have mighty men of God like Daniel and Joseph and David, who all submitted to the process of the Holy Spirit in every area of their life. And I've run out of time. In every area of their life. And they submitted to the process. And they allowed the Holy Spirit to do what he wanted to do in their life. And they said, I want to be something great. Remember, you've got to practice in order to change your reality. You practice obeying the Holy Spirit. If you want to change your family, you've got to practice what's going to change your family. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, that's what I'm talking about. Man with the red and yellow, would you stand real quick? You gotta, you gotta practice. You gotta practice what changes reality. It's an important thing. Would you extend your hands to this lady and tell me your name, ma'am? What is it? Tina. Tina. God bless you, Tina. Praise the Lord. Stretch your hands out there. I'm just gonna speak to her real quick. I'm gonna bring a message in tongues. That's what I'm feeling. I'm gonna interpret then, and that's all scriptural and biblical. Message in tongues, then interpretation. 
Duzflaza pacuajere dortosho cortuvende. Pil quitaria parcoquaza milchuaze pincualeleste rectaios o bronto firitas mercotoborio sepres ilvirisca non trobordo pelquanahastro belesteza. Just like a little baby, I'm going to hold you in my arms this year. I'm going to give you back your innocence. I'm going to take back your pain. I'm going to remove from your heart the knives that are still there. Oh, my daughter, how I cherish and love you. Do not forget me because you do not feel me. You will feel me within three months. For I will remove from you the cage around your mind and the pain around your emotions. For a rock has grown over your soul. And I will now break it up with my love, my presence, and my spirit. You will sing again. I will heal your heart. I will heal your colon. I will heal your back. I will heal your thyroid. I will heal you of headaches. And I will give you your sleep back. I am your doctor. And I never forget any of your prayers. I listen to you when you are not talking. Just as much as when you are talking. Praise the Lord. So what do we have? We have, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have the things of God the movements of God, the glories of God, the presence of God. Sir, with a beard, would you stand up right there? Ah, you got the goatee? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stretch your hands out over to this gentleman. Thank you, Lord. Again, I'm going to bring a message in tongues. I'm going to bring the interpretation. Thank you, Lord. From the dark gutter and caves of darkness I have brought you. You will not go there again. The fingerprints of your enemies I am now removing. I am taking the memories of abandonment from your soul. The unloved little boy I am healing. I am replacing your soul, repairing it, mending it, so that it does not leak with infections. For you will be a great man. I will make you great. I will give you a heart full of love and compassion for the people nobody wants. Today, my son, I break the curses over your life. I break the powers of Satan over your family. You will never lack finances. You will always have a good job. Your body will not ache and hurt. And you will not feel helpless and powerless and unable to move and function. I am there for you today. I will always be there for you for the rest of your life. One day, shortly, you will wake up and you will feel like you are a totally new man. 
you will not look back. Your mind will not dwell in places of revenge. Your mind will dwell in the sweet places of healing and wholeness. You will become my deliverer. You will be a battle axe and crush the strongholds of Satan around those that are his servants. That's the word. So what are we doing? We're ministering and we're flowing in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We're just flowing in the Holy Ghost. We do it different every time. We're not going to do it always the same. We're just flowing in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You stand up right next to the lady I just spoke to. You see, I'm just ministering whoever God tells me to minister to. I don't have an agenda. I don't have a program. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, you were abused, but the Holy Spirit is telling me you're getting healed right now. Praise the Lord. You are not to be ashamed, and you're not to feel guilty. Nobody will ever have access to you again, and you will not be powerless to defend yourself. God knows what took place. He is now healing you of that from your head to your toes. You will be like a beautiful ballerina to God. You will dance in His presence. From this day forward, He removes shame and guilt and the fear of bad things happening to you. Amen. You will not die of a disease. Glory. You are not ugly. You're not unattractive. And you will not spend your time alone. God will give you a beautiful life and a beautiful family. He will watch over you and he will take care of you. You are going to change. Within three years, you will not be recognizable. Your body will not be the same. Your soul will not be the same. And your spirit will not be the same. Satan has you right now. There's three demons that have attached themselves to you, and I'm going to remove them from you. Depression is one of them. Suicide is another one. And the fear of failing is the other one. And I remove them from you in the name of Jesus, and you are free for the rest of your life, and you will never have that. You will not have a disease either. You will not get diseases because your diet is changing right now. Hear me when I tell you that I am speaking to you from the Holy Ghost. Eat godly, and you will never have diseases in your body. That's the word of the Lord for you because God is going to use you in a great way. You're going to have a business where you're going to create clothes or sell clothes or do something, and God's going to bless you financially in a great way, and you will take care of many, many children and orphans and be a blessing to a lot of people, and this is the process of your future. And these things will come to pass if you do what the Lord is telling you right now. You are a wonderful person. You are a beautiful child, and listen to my words. You are God's favorite. Praise God. Everybody say, God, I wish you told me that. Dear Jesus, I need to hear those things. Tell your neighbor, I wish you'd tell me something like that. Praise God. Does everybody understand what's happening? We're just flowing in the Holy Ghost because that's what we want to do. Stand up, bud. Extend your hands here to this gentleman. What's your name? Justin. Justin. Extend your hands over there to Justin. Dustin. Not Zustin or, yeah, with a D, Dustin. Praise the Lord. Extend your hands over there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Jemel vidal al vidicus wasase, jepspi aflus del vidia, 
Krugduva, Jeshwalidzeveld, Erda. You will have command over my armies. You will have command over the hearts of men and women. You will become a mighty man of the word. You will become a mighty man of the spirit. My gifts will flow through your life. You will have the spirit of organization, administration, and the ability to distribute my inheritance to all those you come in contact with. You are accepted. I give you an A-plus for everything you have done so far. But I want you to remember that I am preparing you to be a general in my army, to be a leader of those that cannot be led, and to be a commander of those who will not take orders. But you will have the gift of wisdom and the spirit of discernment and the gift of prophecy and the gift of word of knowledge. And Satan shall be destroyed because of the gift of wisdom that is inside you. You will be a man without fear and without equal. For this is why you were born. Inside of your mother's womb, I took my hands and laid them upon you and gave you my gifts and my virtue. Now follow these gifts and this virtue. For I will teach you how to gain wealth and distribute it to those who are poor and without help. That's the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, I received that for myself. Said, I wish you had told me that. Praise God. Ma'am, you're pregnant. Would you stand up over there? Say, I wish you had told me that. I don't know why Ivan is talking to these people and telling them my stuff. Praise the Lord. Look around right now and say, if that's a wig, it's the best one I've ever seen. <laughs> Tell them, that's a wig. Dear Jesus, it's the most amazing thing. Man, can I borrow that tomorrow night? It's so cool looking. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I hear the Lord telling me the words blossoming. Nothing will ever die again. Nothing in your life will wither and be taken away from you. You have lost your last precious thing. Now you will keep everything. I will hold it in my hand, daughter. Don't you know that I know the tears you have shed over those precious that you have lost? I have them in my hand. I'm holding them there for you. Be at peace now. Sleep well. Your baby will be fine. Your life will be fine. Your future will be fine. You are a joyful mother. A joyful mother of children. You will be blessed. Your children shall take care of you when you're old. They'll sing to you. As you carry them in your arms, they will cherish you. From this day forward, I call you blessed and delivered and strong and powerful and happy. Depression has attached itself to you, and I now release it from you. And now you wake up singing, and you go to bed in peace, and you will not wake up ever again tormented in the middle of the night. That is my word to you, my daughter, and I keep it 
and I will do what I say. Praise God. Everybody say, thank you, God, for the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and say, thank you, God, for the Holy Ghost. Oh, how great God is. Can we bless God a little bit and say, praise God. Remember about genuine ministry. Remember about authentic ministry that there's no, there's no techniques. There's no blowing on people. There's no pushing people. There's no nothing like that. We don't do any of that. No tactics. No power of suggestion. That is all just the insecurity of people trying to, you know, manipulate people. We're not doing that. I've done all that. I just want you to know I have done everything. There's nothing I haven't done in 40 years, you understand. But in the process, I have gotten here. But I have done it all, and so I'm not acting like I'm holier than anybody. And I'm not even saying it's wrong for other people. They do whatever God tells them. I'm just saying for me, I am told by God that if I get rid of the phony, he will give me the sacred. It's just that simple for me. Praise the Lord for me. And so I'm ministering to you because God loves you and because I want to give you something from heaven. Praise God. Ma'am, you got the little baby in your arms. Is it possible for you to stand up? Yeah, that's your little, little baby? Great. And how many children do you have? Great. And are you planning on having any more? This is the end? And where's your husband? This, this fellow right here? Okay, so three children and you're done. Yeah. You're, you're with her? You're what? Everything's full. Backseat full. That's all you can handle. Well, let me give you some stuff. Ephesians 3.20, the Lord will do exceedingly abundantly above everything you ask or think. Jeremiah 33.3, from now on, when you call to God, he will always answer. Isaiah 65.24, as you get closer to God, heaven gets closer to you. The word of the Lord for you is to get close to God. Not crawl, but run. Run to God. He will make you very successful. He will allow you to work with your hands and be a powerful achiever. And he'll give you an invention, maybe two inventions. They will make money for the kingdom of God. When you were little, God gave you a strong will, but you have been rejected and your heart was broken as a child, but he repairs that now. So from now on, you will not have a wound in that heart. You will be whole and totally complete. The way you'll know this has happened is you won't get angry anymore. You just simply can't be made mad. You will keep your peace and it will be sweet because God has healed your insides and there's no leaking going on. Everything is whole. You, ma'am, have an issue going on in your body, and I'm going to pray for you about it. And this is when you get exhausted. God's going to change that. You're going to have energy 24 hours around the clock. When you close your eyes, you will fall asleep, and you won't feel exhausted because of the toxicity going on in your body. God is pulling that out of your body in the name of Jesus. No one, none of your children will inherit any diseases from your fathers or mothers on either side. You're going to have children that are healthy and don't get sick quickly. Praise God. You're going to have healthy blood. All your blood will be healthy all the time. You're not going to lack any of the nutrients, any of the vitamins, or any of the minerals you need. It will be supernatural how God keeps your body healthy.
Praise the Lord. Depression is leaving forever. I now bless you in the name of Jesus and remove the spirit that has attached itself to you that wants to tell you you're going to lose your mind. That's not going to happen. You're going to just have, be happy all the time and have the spirit of clarity. You'd just be able to see everything clearly and just walk and say, glory to God, I love life, and have that supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's a good word from the Lord. Everybody say, that was for you. Tell your neighbor, say, that was for you. Oh, my gosh, I love going to church. Come on, say it. I love going to church. Praise God. Tell the person behind you, could you at least spare $25? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ma'am, you have black hair there. You short have black hair. You're sitting next to the guy with the goatee there. Uh-huh. Can you stand up real quick, ma'am? Let me talk to you for just a No, I won't talk to her, yeah. Extend your hands over there to her real quick. And let me tell you these few things, first of all. Nothing freaky or bad or anything like that. But uh, you're, you're, you're on a journey and you haven't totally discovered everything, and you don't know really all the things you believe yet, and it's okay. God just wants me to tell you that He really does love you, and that He really does care about you, and that you are the one that are, is mad at yourself because He's not mad at you, and He's real happy with you. He likes you a lot. He knows everything that you feel and how angry you are at certain people who have rejected you, and who don't love you the way they should. But God wants me to tell you that he loves you without any conditions. You never have to change if you don't want to. He will love you till you die perfectly, just like you are. All he wants to do is be close to you, and he wants to answer your prayers, and he wants to help heal your family because your family is so broken in pieces that only God can do that miracle. He is telling me these things, and I don't even know you, ma'am, and I have never talked to you in my life, but I see it all. I can see it as clear as a bell. If you will soften your heart and not be afraid that God has managed, soften your heart, tenderize your heart, he will start healing your family. And in the next 10 years, you will see miracle after miracle after miracle you have a gift inside of you. Artistic gifts are inside you. And God will allow you to use those gifts to heal people. He will help you develop those things. And you have a creative anointing on you. But that anointing can go to the dark side just like it can go to the right side. And God is going to teach you. God told me these things because he wants you to know he's real, that he truly does love you, and he's loved you since you were a baby. They should not have treated you that way. What happened to you should not have happened. But God is not done with you. He's going to take care of you. He's just asking me to tell you, please give him a chance so that he can prove himself. The best dad, the perfect dad, who is always there for you and who always believes in you and would never hurt you. You're the only person right now in all the universe that exists for him. His, all his attention is focused on you. 
Let him embrace you. Let him put his arms around you. Let him squeeze the pain out of your soul. Give him three months of total surrender and watch what he will do with the rest of your life. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, God is on your side. Say, God is for you, not against you. God believes in you. God believes in you. God knows what people are like. I don't prophesy to people because they're walking with God, because they're saved, because they're obedient, because they're... I, pre, I, I prophesy to people who are totally lost. I've had, I've had hundreds of people get saved just because I called them up, and they were living in adultery. They were having all kinds of bad things going on. But the Holy Ghost told me, do it anyway, because they'll remember it when they repent. But don't expose them. Because God is not a gossip. He's your father. He's not going to go around gossiping about you, especially to strangers. He takes care of people. He loves people. And they'll need to, people need to know things for the future. He really does. My last thing for, for this evening, if you could close your eyes for a moment and put on the tape. Uh, put on the, God, the good. God is good. It's called good. And, and close your eyes for a moment. We've, we're at 8.25, and I don't want to take more of your time. I just want to do one last thing if we could. Praise God. Tomorrow night, whatever it takes, be here, because I'm gonna, we're going to impart gifts and release gifts and talk about where you're headed for you personally in your personal life. Because your personal life matters to God. What's going on in your life matters to God. Praise the Lord. He cares about you. And I want you to go to the, to, the, to the privacy place. Close your eyes and shut out everybody. And just go to the privacy place. You and Jesus right now. You and Jesus. Turn that up. God is good. God is good. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm just going to pray over your body for a little bit, man. You got all kinds of stuff going on in your body, your blood, sugar, sugar, diabetes, things are all, a lot of things are in there, man, but I'm driving them out. I'm driving them out. Do what the Lord tells you, and he'll give you another 30 years. You got to obey him starting today. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're going to be okay. Favor knows no end, Lord. Here we go. We are here because we need God. Heaven is either real to you or it's not. You're either headed to heaven or you're not. You either know that you're going to go to heaven when you die or you don't know. You're either totally sure or you're not sure. But you cannot leave and live a life where you're not even sure where you're going to go if you die.
So I'm asking a question. If you don't know that you're going to go to heaven, if you're not 100% sure, if you have doubts that you're going to go to heaven, I'm a, and you want God to give you that peace, I'm going to ask you to do something real easy. You say, Ivan, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to have any doubts in my, in my life. I, I know God has a plan for my life and a purpose. If you say, I want that, but I don't have it, I just want you to do something right where you're at. I want you to simply lift your hand high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you. And God is going to give you that clarity. You say, Ivan, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. I'm not 100% sure. I want that peace in my life. And stretch it out far enough for me to see. I see your hand right there. I see your hand there and there and there. I see your hand there and there and there. I see your hand there and there. And we're going to settle that right now, right here, tonight. Praise the Lord. Now, if you did lift your hand, would you stand right where you're at so I can pray for you? Just stand right to your feet. Stand right to your feet, and I'm going to pray for you. Every one of you that lifted your hands, just keep playing that same song. Thank you for standing up. And I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to change your life. I won't embarrass you or make you say anything. But I do like, I want to look at you when I pray for you, if that's okay. I, I promise I won't do anything weird. Would you all walk up here really quick? Just get out of your seat and walk up here and let me pray for you. Just stand right up here. Do you believe that this is part of the process for them? part of the process what part of the Holy Spirit's process you said no to because you'll find that wherever you say no to the Holy Spirit that's where you start suffering if you just say yes Holy Spirit I don't want to do this but I know it's the right thing it's good for me now I want you to pick one of these and send your blessing to him while I'm praying for him Praise the Lord. And I'm going to pray for, for each one of you like this. Basically, whatever you've done that makes you feel bad, guilty, or ashamed, God is removing that from you and forgetting whatever it is that would make you feel those things. You can't erase it from yourself. Either God does it or it doesn't get done. God loves you so much for doing this. Look at these little boys. These young boys that came forward. I wonder who they could become. I wonder who these little boys could become. What great men that they're going to become. 
champions for God. Untouchable by Satan. Sanctified by God. Praise the Lord. Everybody's praying for people right now. There's about five more of you that should come forward. You don't know you're going to heaven when you die. There's about five more of you. Would you get up right now and come up here? Say, man, I wish I had done that. I should have done that, but I didn't do it. I'll wait for you. You are worth waiting for. You are worth waiting for. And it's going to be so great tomorrow night. I'm so excited about it already. The power of gifts of God are coming in your lives. Praise the Lord. That's four. Five? Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. Everybody pick a person. And let's pray. Praise God. Would you all close your eyes? This prayer works in a very simple way. If you mean it, it works. That's all that is required. If you mean it, it works. Church, would you pray as well? Say, Jesus, would you change my life? Would you heal me of any wound I have in my life from any person? I accept you into my heart. By the name of Jesus, I renounce the world and I accept the blessings of heaven. From this day forward, I belong to you. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse my sins away. I open my heart to you. You're the only one that I truly want to serve till the day I die. I accept your destiny for my life. I want to go to heaven when I die in the name of Jesus. She can come up. You want to come up, sweetie? I'll wait for you. You can bring her up if you want. If not, she can pray from there. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Extend your hands over to me. This is a sign of contact. Do this. Yeah. So I break Satan's plan over your life. And I declare that all those days of tragedy, trauma, and hardship are off of you. That you are on a new road now. It is a road of healing and health. A road of wholeness. And that you will not have to come up here ever again. Amen. You'll have that peace for the rest of your life. Each one of you has a destiny. And Satan will not steal it. You will not die of diseases. You will die healthy of old age. You will live good lives and never be homeless. 
and you will not be cursed and destroyed by violence. The hand of God will be on you till the day you die. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And everybody said, Thank you, Lord. Now, guys, don't do anything yet. Praise the Lord. Can everybody tell them you're going to heaven? Praise. Where are you going when you die? Praise God. Everybody say, God is good. Praise the Lord. See the fella right there? Would you just go down this row right here and follow the gentleman over there real quick? Just walk right this way. Yeah, pal, follow him. He'll let you out in a second. Praise the Lord. Just follow him over there. Praise God. Wow. What a day we've had today. What a day we've had today. Woo. What a day we've had today. Wow. What an amazing day we've had today. Would you look at somebody and say, this is going to be a great year for you. Because God has a purpose for your life. You're going to embrace the process. And you're going to reach the destination that you were born for. Would you look at somebody and say, you'll never be broke. Tell three or four people, your poor days are over with. Praise God. Your poor days are over with. Say, your best days are on the way. Praise God. Say, your best days are on the way. It's going to be a great year for your family. Praise the Lord. If you have children, it's going to be a great year for your children. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm going to minister to a lot of people tomorrow. And it's going to be a great, great day tomorrow. Praise God. For those of you that want to help our orphanages and you want to help with our children, uh, we are needing to dig another well on the new property. That, that costs us about 7000 Those are hand-dug wells. Uh, about 160 feet. Somebody actually crawls in there and digs it out by hand. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. And they're perfectly, you know, the holes perfectly, all the way down is a little guy with a little uh, uh, coffee can. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it boggles the mind. <laughs> uh, and that costs about $7,000. So if any of you want to help with that, thank you. If you don't, praise the Lord. We do want your money, but you can keep it as well. Somebody will give it to me. I have confidence. I've done this for 43 years, so I already know. God loves orphans. He'll take care of every need they have. Praise the Lord. I hope you get to partner with us because you do get the reward of the people you partner with. Praise the Lord. So for those of you that will be generous, because this is a very generous church, thank you ahead of time. And don't miss tomorrow. It's going to be really great. Tomorrow's activation, impartation going to be really great. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming today, guys. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Amen. Ushers, would you help Praise us? Thank you, Brother Ivan. Ushers, would you come? Yeah. Okay. Praise the Lord. Just a few more moments, and we'll be closing our service. Did you get something from God tonight? Yeah. Wonderful.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Raise your hand if you need help. Ushers will serve you. The entirety of this offering goes to uh, Ivan Tate, his ministry, the entirety of it. You know, that's not always the case. Did you know that? Not here. I'm just saying that some churches have a set honorarium. <laughs> they have a set honorarium. So in other words, they'll, they'll give a guest a certain number. That's not what we do. Because we believe that God might touch your heart to pay for the entire well. And, and hey, that's fine. Amen. Come on, we, we believe that. And so if that happens, on the entirety of that goes, we don't hold anything back for... We don't keep anything for our own expenses, none of that. We believe God for all of that, and and uh, yeah, and sometimes we take an offering for that too. But the entirety of this goes towards your orphanage in Guatemala, the new property. All right, amen. All right, good. That's it. Ushers, would you come? What a joy. Praise God. Powerful service. What a day. I know I've gone a little bit long. There's nothing on TV anyway. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Ivan Tate, his wife Kimberly, all of his children. Thank you for saving him when he was 17 years old and how you've wrought miracles in his life over all these years. A very unique anointing and a unique way to, unique way to be able to communicate your truth the flow of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit that operates tonight, and all that you've done, the people that gave their hearts to you in recommitment or even for the first time. Thank you. Thank you, God. We pray every need would be met, Lord, for the orphanage and Lord in Guatemala, and that you would use this gift, multiplying it many times over, Lord, for the ministry there, as well as to the giver. We sow the seed now, and believe even for a hundredfold harvest. Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Please stand with us. So what could I say? Come on, we're going to close in just a moment. Would you stand up on your feet? What could I do? Offer this heart. But offer this heart.
God, thank you for what you've done all day, what you'll do tonight, even as we drive home. As we rest, Lord, I pray for dreams and visions and goodness of the Lord just to be released upon every household here, those that are online. Lord, thank you for your promises that are yes and amen. Thank you for what you've done. God, bring us back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in a special way upon us, our valley, our state. Lord, our nation, move in America, God, we ask. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering and hurting, the lame, the halt, the withered. God, intervene and pack this place out tomorrow night. Heal the sick, set the captives free. The kingdom of God is at hand. We rejoice, God, in all that you've done. Bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope to see you tomorrow night. God bless you. Praise the Lord.